Hello, and welcome to the Writers and Illustrators of the Future podcast. This is John Goodman, your host. I'm here at the Salt Lake City Fan X with our Writers of the Future 34 illustrator winner, Bruce Bernaisi. Welcome, Bruce. Thank you for having me. It was great. We were walking around and, and seeing your huge banner behind your head, just announcing Bruce Bernaisi there. So uh, it's awesome that you're like you've got yourself such an established career already. So you, the type of art you you do is science fiction, fantasy, landscape, correct? Yes, I love landscapes. I've uh, uh, spent a lot of my life traveling, and I like to imbue that experience into my interest in, in science fiction and fantasy and and genre elements. So which came first then? Was it the, the travel or the art, or they just kind of like grew together? Um, well, I'd, I'd say the art and the travel have always been important parts of my life, so I guess they grew together. I always took a lot of uh, cross-country camping trips to national parks with my family, and then later on in life I started to do some international travel. I lived in China, and I took a lot of inspiration from all of those experiences, and yeah. I've pushed it into my art. Yeah, because it, it's awesome. It's beautiful, and it's just... When I came over there and saw your uh, um, the mats that you have there, so those are for for like um, placemats for. Well, yeah, you can you can use them as an oversized mouse pad. You can use them uh, to protect your your nice wood table from metal dice if you're playing a role playing game. Uh, you can use it uh, for card games. A lot of Magic the Gathering players use those. That's awesome. That's really really good. So. Um, now, in terms of the direction you're, you're planning on taking your art, so like mm -hmm. you've got your landscapes, are you going to move into like the, the movies um, or keep it in, in, in what you're doing here for, is that books or for? So currently a lot of my clients are in tabletop. I do a lot of illustrations for RPG games, either mm -hmm. as book covers or interior illustrations. I'd certainly like to do concept art for movies or for games. You know, I tend to specialize in a lot of um, alien-looking, very strange uh, landscapes that are very striking, really, you know, stick in your mind. So I think that that could have a, a good application for those industries. Have you ever met Stefan Martinier? Uh, I have never met in person. Um, I'm certainly like connected in, in the social, you know, social media uh, sphere that we have. But uh, yeah, never, never uh, met in person, and I, I do uh, subscribe to his. Um, uh, his newsletter because it's it's always fantastic, full of information. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So now you're located in America's uh, Northwest. Yeah. But um, so you travel and do a lot, a lot of conventions. You said you were up to like 14 a year. Yeah, I think uh, this year it's 14 or 15. I added a, another another couple last minute, and this year's kind of been. Uh, an expansion. The, the you know I've been doing this for three years now, and I was doing some of the big ones like Emerald City Comic Con uh -huh. in Seattle, uh, Gen Con in in um, Indianapolis, and the business model was working for me. I'm you know making the, they were all profitable shows, and I decided to expand and try out a lot of other shows, see which ones work, see which yeah. ones didn't, that's and smart. I'll be doing most of them for next year probably. Oh, that's good. So now. Yeah. As the people are listening to this, are aspiring writers and, and aspiring mm -hmm. artists. Um, so you've got that as as a business model, the conventions. And right. so, what is it you that you can say that you mostly gain from it? Like, there's got to be a couple, one, two, three type. This is what you get from doing these shows. Uh, from doing conventions, I mean, the the biggest thing is uh, a sense of independence. 
you know, when you're a freelance artist, you're always scrounging for the next job. You're always yeah. hustling to, to meet new clients, to, to build that trust so that you can eventually work on projects with them. And they've got their own business models, their own business cycles that may or may not, you know, help you in your time of need when you, you know, like you need yeah. some, your next uh, gig. Yeah. So uh, doing conventions means I, I have a fairly steady alternate stream of income. And that's, that's really the biggest one. Uh, the other benefits are meeting lots of fans, uh, building up a lot of um, people having direct appreciation for your work, you know, being able to put a, a face and a personality to some of the art that they've seen in the games that I've illustrated for, for example. That's cool. Now, on, on the, the whole thing of, of the conventions and meeting people, you've got another aspect to you that is very near to me and everybody at the Illustrators of the Future is you're on record as the most supportive and has the best record of, of getting other um, aspiring illustrators to enter and win the contest. So you've got some type of an eagle eye or something <laughs> that, that you're able to, to discern who's ready and, and do that. So that's, that's great that you do this stuff. So yeah. tell me about that inspiration or how you go about that. Sure, sure. Uh, well, I think it's it's not so much an, an eagle eye per se. It's just that uh, within the fantasy art community, I am uh, a bit of a community builder. Uh -huh. You know, I think that's a, an important uh, foundational value for me. So when I'm a, when I'm you know hanging out with artists in various uh, areas and. I'm always looking for ways to also help the people that I'm meeting and you know, put them in touch with the right people, put them in touch with the right uh, opportunities. Uh, I would say like, you know, not to, to brag too much, but I'm, I'm well liked in the community. Uh, I've got a, a wide range of, of friends among the other artists and my yeah. peers. Uh, so when I say that you know, this uh, is a good opportunity, people listen and they, they apply. And I think this year there were like four people four. who got in. And I think there's a couple other people that I know who are getting in this year. There's already. at least one that I know of. Yeah. And, yeah. But it was, a, it was interesting just at the awards ceremony. And I'd like to thank <laughs> Bruce Bernaysi. I'd like to thank Bruce Bernaysi. And I obviously got to thank Bruce Bernaysi. So that was really, you know, yeah. Yeah. Very, it was great to see them up there. Yeah. It yeah. was really heartwarming. Yeah. Very appreciated. So now, in terms of, um, the aspiring artist, aspiring illustrator. Mm -hmm. So you're obviously well on your way to becoming the next Frank Frazetta or... <laughs> One can hope. Yes. <laughs> Always trying for it anyway. $4.2 million for a... <laughs> print, not that. Yeah. <laughs> so um, what kind of tips would you have for somebody that's like trying and is meeting with various frustrations and... Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very frustrating. I know that I've I've been doing this professionally for about four years. I mean, I've certainly yeah. been uh, working and improving my art for, for many, you know, basically my whole life before that. But I've been working professionally in the first year, year and a half, like uh, things were thin on the ground. It was really tough. Um, I had to keep my eye on the, you know, sort of the, the long distance horizon there yeah. um, because, you know, off the bat, like no one knows who you are and it's difficult to get your foot in the door. I think uh, do what you can. Actually, don't repeat my mistake. Like, start networking as soon as you can. And by networking, I mean just be genuine, be yourself, get out there, uh, meet people, uh, realize there's plenty of other introverts in the industry at all levels, you know, so people understand where you're coming from when you find it very nerve-wracking to, to go around and introduce yourself, show, you art, show your art, 
show who you are. Uh, but you need to get, get out there and, and start doing that, start making connections, because it's a very warm and helpful community, uh -huh. the fantasy arts in particular. And people will help you, and that will be probably the biggest way that you can break in, is just, you know, focusing on the stuff that you're most passionate about, getting to know people, and then when they see those opportunities arise that are not for them, but seem like they'd be a good fit for you, they'll, you know, they'll send it along. They'll, they'll recommend it. So I think that's, that's a huge thing. Good. And then do you do more commission work, or do you do, you create your stuff and then people see it and like it mm -hmm. and they buy it? Um, it's, it's really a mix. I've done a lot of personal pieces. Um, I've got a Patreon currently where I am, you know, exploring uh, a far future world that's been abandoned by humanity and it's, it's left all this interesting, interesting stuff and interesting situations with sort of the, the uh, mutated demi-humans that, that follow <laughs> along after. Um, so that's all personal work, and so I'm, I'm trying to make space for myself to, uh -huh. to make personal work, and that's the value of a Patreon, of course, is that you know you, people believe in you enough to chip in a dollar or, or two or more, and you know just to say, hey, I want you to keep on doing this, and you can make some space among all the other commissions uh, that you do. But uh, currently, it is mostly mostly commissions because you know I have to pay the bills, yeah, and uh, it's pretty expensive living in in Seattle for the moment. It's very um, expensive in Seattle. So you know, just just hanging on on there for the moment until I can uh, uh, figure out what my next step is there. But uh, yeah, lots of commissions, especially for Monty Cook games on their uh, Numen uh, Numenera tabletop uh, RPG. That's been kind of like a a really perfect fit for the type of art that I do. Yeah. So now, on commission work, that means you're going to be art directed. So, mm -hmm. and I know some artists are very sensitive about sure. my creativity versus being told what can and can't be used. Yeah. Can you talk about that a little bit, like the, the importance of how to work with... Sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's important to be able to set your, your ego aside to some degree. You know, when you're doing, doing illustration, by definition, means you are fulfilling someone else's vision to a degree. You're, you're bringing something of yourself to it, of course. You know, you're yeah. bringing your experiences and your problem solving, but at the end of the day, you're trying to solve a problem for a client, you know, you have to help them sell what they're doing so that they can keep on paying you. Yeah. And so, you know, like set aside some of the some of the frustrations, you know, even if you think that some of the things they want might not be uh, optimal from a purely uh, artistic point of view, but it might work perfectly for getting people to, to buy their book or game or, yeah. or whatever, you know. Um, Generally, if I have any disagreements, you know, I will take a beat, let my, you know, sort of creative uh, anxieties uh, calm down a bit, and I can see things a little bit more clearly and have a, a calm, professional discussion about, you know, what I think, uh, what I think might be the best route to take versus what they, you know, view the, yeah. uh, you know, might be the best route to take, and we can figure it out from there. Um, I've actually been spoiled on on a lot of my most recent. Uh, work, especially again for, for Numenera, like I said. Yeah. And that's a matter of finding just the perfect client. Yeah, so when, the, when their vision and uh, your vision match uh, that well, uh, there can be a little bit more trust buildup. And at this point, their, our, their creative uh, briefs to me just read, give us another Bruce Bernaysi landscape. You know, because awesome. they know that, that I have it dialed in to the sort of thing that they want. 
And in their particular case, what they want is a lot of creativity. They want a lot of out of the box, you know, outside of the box solutions. They want things that they haven't seen before. And they know that I, I can come up with that. Yeah. Um, and if they direct me, then it, it might actually be less exciting than what I come, out, come up with on my own. Good, so then basically for the aspiring illustrator, if, you, if they get a commission, if they get work, they're hired by somebody to do a cover or to do a story illustration, mm -hmm. especially as they're building a name and mm -hmm. building a career, the best course is to bite one's tongue and move forward until you have a bit of a reputation and then you can start voicing an opinion. Absolutely, and I think that as, you know, it's, it's more difficult at the beginning yeah. and it gets easier with time, like you, you can have a little bit more perspective and a little bit more distance from the creative process and realize that you know, this piece of art that you're making that's so precious to you now will be one of many and it doesn't really have to be like this one particular way that you have in mind. Like yeah. it's, it just doesn't matter. You'll, you'll have other opportunities. If it's that important to you, you can go ahead and make your own personal piece on your own time that yeah. has some of the elements that you wanted to include, you know, just to, you know, do that, you know, get that out of your system and, and uh, you know, do what you want to do in your own time. So then just to fully dispel any idea that you're selling your soul to right. the, uh, you know, for the bits of gold there, um, you're not selling your soul. You're actually entering the marketplace, and that's, that's the safest way to go to be able to establish right. oneself. Yeah, you're, you're selling a valuable service to people. You're selling creative problem solving. And, you know, if they're not like wanting the specific solution, then there are more than, there's more than one solution. You're just trying to find something that works for them and then you move on to the next piece, you find something that works for that, for that piece. That's awesome. That really helps a lot because I've not really talked to anybody about this, but mm -hmm. I know it's an important thing because I yeah. hear it a lot from, especially over the years from the Illustrator winners about right. maintaining my integrity versus being able to make a break into the industry. Yeah. You know, and they're not, to make the break in and to actually do an art director says, you're not violating your integrity. You say, well, right. I know it needs to be red and not blue. I just feel it into my, you know, it's, that's not a, a problem. Yeah. You're not selling your, you're not violating your, right. your integrity as a And as the, a the better you can figure out who you are and what kind of artist you are and what kind of art you make, the less uh, of that sort of friction you're probably going to encounter because you're going to find clients who's, you know, who are wanting to do the things that you want to yeah. do. You know, in some cases, when you feel very frustrated with a particular client or a particular gig, maybe it's a wake-up call to, to say, look, maybe this is not the, the specific subset of the industry that is best for me and maybe I need to look elsewhere. Yeah. So this has been great, Bruce, because this is something that we've not really addressed in, the, mm -hmm. in this podcast. And I think it's really important for the aspiring artists to sure. know this as they move forward and to establish a career. So, Bruce, if somebody wants to be able to uh, find out about you, what do they do? Uh, they can go to uh, BruceBernizzi.com. Uh, so that's B-R-U-C-E-B-R-E-N-N-E-I-S-E.com. So, um, anyway, this is our interview with Bruce Bernizzi here in Salt Lake City, Fanex. And this is John Goodwin, your host. You've been listening to the Writers and Illustrators of the Future podcast. This is a contest created by Elwin Hubbard in 1983 to provide a means for the aspiring writer 
and five years later for the aspiring artist to have their creative efforts seen and acknowledged. The Writers of the Future podcast is available on multiple platforms. Please subscribe and look forward to having you come back again for the next one.